Welcome back to the second podcast of D&D Sports. As you already know, I'm Elias Akopoulos, and this is my co-host, Dimitri Hirschman. Yo. All right, Dimitri. Super Bowl. The Rams win 23-20. to 20. I think we both predicted the Rams. Is that true? Yeah, I, I predicted the Rams, and uh, uh, I didn't predict the score. I didn't say my prediction of the score for a reason, because I actually had no idea. I, I actually kind of figured it was going to be this close, or I was figuring, like, I was going to be upset like I was with the Chiefs game and the Titans game and the Rams-Cardinal game and a bunch of other games this year. It's safe to say that a lot of games came unexpected this year, and rather a lot of wins came unexpected this year. Yeah, I predicted uh, Rams 27-21, to so I was, I was pretty close. That's off my three points, but... I guess with that botch uh, field goal, that could have been 24-20. But um, I know – did you watch the Super Bowl? Uh, um, dude, I fell asleep at 5.45 and woke up at 2 in the morning. So, so you missed an entire Super Bowl. So, oh, it's safe to say I did not. So I cannot give any outlook on the game. That's the first time I've never watched Super Bowl in my life. Wow. Wow, I, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm not gonna lie. Well, I I don't think I really missed much because I wasn't interested in either of those teams, to be honest. Like that might be the first year. This is probably like the uh, the one um the last game that I wasn't really hyped about was the Falcons Patriots, mm-hmm. and I missed like the first half of that because I was coming home from vacation. So yeah, but it looks like every Super Bowl that I missed. It ends up not being a big deal for me, so good for me. Yeah. Uh, what I saw from the game was that Cam Akers was abysmal. He had, I think he had, I don't know, was it 17 carries for 21 yards or, I don't know, he was averaging about two yards per touch, and it was awful. And there was this one play, it was third and one on the last drive. The Bengals were driving their, I'd say, on the Rams' 40-yard line, me on the 50, about midfield, and – Samajai Pirine took the carry on third and one. First of all, Mixon, uh, he averaged ended up averaging five yards per carry during the game, and they put this guy who maybe this guy is closer to being in a retirement home than he is a solid oh. NFL player at this point. I don't know why he's in the game or why he's taking the most important touch of the entire game, but I don't know. He's a receiving back, so he shouldn't be in the game on a third-and-one run play, but it was a draw. And Eli Apple just couldn't live up to his talk, of course. He's a free agent. I think he's awful. He's maybe good for the Jacksonville Jaguars practice squad, if that. Clearly, he's a criminal. Just came and support his talk on the field. And then they had Michael Hartman and Tyree Kill tweeting him, Tweet him after the game with their rings and stuff like that, and he just sucks. Do you think the Rams can repeat next year, Dimitri? Um, no. So Matt Stafford's gonna be thirty-five, or he is thirty-five, or both, and he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Okay, and I just don't see him. And even if he repeats the same, who's to say that they're gonna pay OBJ right? Because he's he's done terrific since he left the Browns, and for all you know, a team's just gonna undercut them with a higher salary. Uh, a team with a rebuilding, uh, you know, rebuilding in their future. A team who aspires to do the same that the Rams did this year. That's one possibility. The next is you have to keep Von Miller. You got to keep Von Miller happy. It's the same situation with OBJ. Who's to say that a team won't pay him more than the Rams can? Right, and do the same thing that the Rams did this year. So, to be honest, will they be good? I think so. Um, will they repeat? I don't think you'll see them in the Super Bowl next year. Look, OBJ towards ACL, Robert Woods. I think he towards Achilles or ACL. He they'll both be out if OBJ is resigned to at least the playoffs. If their second receiver right now is Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson was terrible in the Super Bowl. He couldn't break a single guy's ankles, do anything. And 
Third of all, they have this guy like Skikowski or whatever. He's just some random guy who's awful. They have no wide receiver three. So I guess if they can just somehow meager their way in the playoffs and get maybe the seventh seed or something like that, and OBJ and Woods come back, they'll have a great, obviously, wide receiver core and Higby. We'll see what happens with him. And there's a report that Donald might retire, but he's, I don't know, was he 30? I doubt he's going to retire. Von Miller yeah. needs to stay. And I, I think, honestly, that OBJ will take a a big salary cut just to stay on the team because he's not going to play till the playoffs. What does he want, $8 million? No, he'll probably take me 4 or $5 mil. He's not going to be doing anything. And I think that they're not going to be favorites during the regular season because their record won't show. But if their guys from injury return – they could be favorites, but I guess we got to see. Yep. All right, we have some questions from the fans. From Evan, is John Morant the best guard in the NBA? Um, No, I, I don't think he's the best guard in the NBA. I think that – is he top three? Absolutely. The Memphis Grizzlies are one of the best teams in the league at a note. Everyone's been playing their role. John Morant's incredible. With that being said, there he's just I don't think he's a he, I don't think he's a good enough shooter. I think his playmaking is a little lacking. He's he's honestly he's like Derrick Rose. He's like prime Derrick Rose. And we all know what happened to with prime Derrick Rose. I think one issue and th- this is not to to discount John Morant's uh eliteness, but the guy's trying to dunk over these seven footers. And one day he's gonna fall flat right on his back, or hurt his ankle, or do something terrible to himself. It's not worth um, the injury. But I don't. I don't think he's the best point guard in the NBA. I think Kyrie Irving exists. I think Steph Curry exists. Uh, if it was a few years ago, I'd say Russell Westbrook. But I don't even think he's top ten right now. Um, so no, I do think that there's better talents. You know, I, I hate Steph Curry with all my heart. I think that Steph Curry might be slightly better than him. Um, you know, I do think Damian Lillard, even though his shooting percentage, I mean, if his shooting percentage was on this year, he's shooting 29% from beyond the arc and you look at how bad they are and you, you know, you can connect two with two. So, um, you know, he's got a lot of competition for the best point guard spot. And I don't think, uh, that he is number one. What would you rank? What would you rank Luca? Luca? I, I think Luca's really overrated. There was a statistic that was out, um, earlier this week. He was rated the fourth most, uh, the I'm sorry, the fourth least efficient um, player in the NBA. And now efficiency meaning, you know, how much you play too. He's yeah. the fourth least efficient player. So people who hype him up, right, they say he makes incredible shots. Let me tell you something. Last year, which was Luka's third year, third year, LeBron James was already competing with the greatest. LeBron James was already an MVP caliber player, and he was at this rate year four as well. Luka is none of those. I don't think the Mavericks are elite. You made a trade for Christoph Porzingis, who is a failed all-star, and that's because of his injuries. So you trade him for Spencer Dinwiddie, who's a 31-year-old point guard who's got no future in this league. You're arguably your next best player are Jalen Brunson, who's going to get snatched up from under you because you're not going to pay him uh, $100 million a year for four years after this year. Uh, you got Maxi Kleber, and you have, I mean, who else do you really have? You have Trey Burke. He doesn't have a, even if he didn't have a good roster behind him, neither did LeBron James, and LeBron James was so much more successful. So I don't think Luka is all he is hyped up to be because he hasn't gotten to the next level. He's certainly an all-star. Um, yeah. But there's a reason why they're not as good as they are right now. That, that's just my opinion. I do not think he will – he's not touching top five in the league. Yeah, look, I mean, how is this a conversation for a job being the best guard in the NBA if this guy's averaging the same amount of assists as two power forwards that are 6'11", Giannis and Nikola Jokic, and this guy's a point guard? Hell no. He hasn't established himself as a shooter. I think he shoots 33% from three. Come on, Giannis shoots like 30 and you're trying to say he's one of the best guards, Curry shoots about 40 or close to it. And I know Luka's inefficient, as you said, but Luka's a, definitely a better playmaker. 
Curry's definitely a better playmaker. Chris Paul's a better playmaker. And I agree that Russell Westbrook, of course, he's not nearly as good as John Moran, but he's definitely a better playmaker. So I feel like that maybe in two years this conversation can come again. But I don't know. Curry's still balling, and Jaws is not there yet. So I just I just looked it up. In the 2005-2006 um, NBA season, which was LeBron's third year, uh, they were 50-32, and 32 and they lost to the, in the semifinals to the Detroit Pistons. To the, 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 and now this team is arguably one of the best teams of all time. Um, the next season, which is LeBron's fourth season, which, is, which this year is Luka's fourth season, 50 wins as well. And mind you, his next best play, the best players uh, aside him were Zindris Alazgis, who was at the time probably pretty old, and you had Daniel Gibson, who lasted about as long as the league in the league as uh, Darko Milicic did. He got to the NBA Finals with himself, LeBron James. Right? If you ask LeBron who was big three this, that year, it was him. It was he would say, "It's me, myself, and I." They they got swept by the Spurs. Okay, they he made it to the NBA Finals alone. Luka Doncic isn't even touching that elite level yet. All right, so let's put that in perspective. He was not great, uh, and I know this is all about John Ramp, but you know I need to emphasize because Luka Doncic gets so overhyped. But not only is he the least one of the least efficient players in the NBA, he'll never touch eliteness in, in his career. Yeah. So we got another question from John Kim. Is a playing tourney good for the NBA? Um. So there's two. There's a few sides of this. Uh, I I like that. I like the playing tournament because, you know, if you look at some of the past seasons, tw- uh, the one season I like the most or I found the most interesting is 2015, 2016. I know this at the top of my head. Uh, the ninth seed that year was the Washington Wizards, I believe. Who are forty-two and forty, um, and then the ninth, and then the tenth seed that year, I forget who it was, uh, but they went forty-one and forty-one. Um, but just to put in perspective, right, you have teams that are five hundred and above who are competing. Uh, it was the Bulls who were forty-two and forty that year, and it was at the ninth seed, and it was the forty-one and forty-one Wizards, right? But you you had teams that were good enough to compete that could have knocked teams down, right? So I do think it's interesting to see competition because there's so, how many phonies are there in the NBA playoffs? There's so many. The Clippers over the past couple of years, complete phonies, right? You have you've had the Mavericks, you've had yeah. the Toronto Raptors, but that's just because they had to play LeBron James, right? You've had the Hawks, um, so you've had many teams who have been able to get knocked down early despite being high seeds. So I do think that's good. On the other side, it's like. So our the half the it, it doesn't count as the playoffs, but you're saying that out of the out of the thirty teams in the NBA, twenty teams get to have a shot at the playoffs, hmm. right? Yeah. And in in most leagues, not even half the league gets to make the playoffs. In the NFL, that's not how it works. Wait, so I, I there think are it's twenty teams out of thirty. Right, twenty teams out of thirty have a shot at making the playoffs. Yeah. Even after the regular season, though. Yeah, the NFL is uh, fourteen out of thirty-two. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a hint right now because this has to do with the play-in tournament. The play-in tournament is gonna be very temporary because this year, at the end of this year, there will be announcement of NBA expansion. They were building it up a long time. They were supposed to announce it at the end of the 2020 season, but with the uh, pandemic, it delayed it. Uh, because they they actually renovated the key arena in Seattle, which is the home of Seattle Supersonics. So there's going to be two new NBA teams, and I think that adding a wild card would be something uh, interesting, sort of like how the NFL has it, where some sort of team gets a buy, uh, or just like a revamping of the playing tournament. But this is evolving, and this is sort of a test for the future, the playing tournament. But I think it's good because it allows teams to compete. You have less tanking. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a team that, you know, you might not make the playoffs and you just, like, try to lose as many games you end up as the 10th seed, well, you have a shot at making the playoffs now, so there's no excuses for tanking. So, you know, it goes both ways. Yeah, I, I agree with that. 
without a doubt, it keeps teams in contention and tanking. But on the other end, it'll be hilarious when a team is, let's say, maybe 45 and 37, whatever it would be, and they have a team that's probably 10 games under 500 and maybe a week West Coast in five years, and they just knock the team out. I, I mean, I'd feel terrible if you're 13 games ahead of someone or six games, whatever, anything for the AC and then a 10 seed knocks you out or even a seven seed, a seven seed can get knocked out too. So I don't know. It's just, I believe that in certain situations, I liked in the bubble when they said, if you're X games behind the, behind the eight seed or whatever, you're, you're uh, eligible to be in the playing tournament, something like that. But another thing that can happen is if, um, Let's say the seventh the seventh seed loses out, they have one percent chance to win the lottery. What if they do? This team was in contention in the playoffs. They went from a seventh seed to having the first overall pick in the draft. So maybe Absolutely. I don't know if you would say that you would separate the lottery team the lottery teams from teams that are eligible from the playing tournament. I don't know what you do, but at some point that's going to happen, and that's just going to throw the the NBA in like a frenzy because I, I think something happened like that in the NHL with the Rangers getting the first pick or maybe the Devils. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't follow uh, hockey. Yeah, I just remember hearing something about that. So, uh, a question from Mikey Should they make some changes to the NFL overtime rules? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, I know they were already discussing some sort of fifth quarter. Let them ride it out, uh, and if they can't, you know, I think I think a whole fifth quarter is pretty good, because you know there's going to be a clear winner, right? A whole, you know, fifteen minutes allows one team to just absolutely dominate, because uh, eventually one team's going to get tired, right? But, and then I believe if it continues, it'll just go to sudden death. So I think that that's the best option. I I heard rumors about that's what they're gonna uh, about that's what the NFL is gonna do. So I hundred percent agree with it. Yeah, um, I don't think they should adopt the college football rules because if you go up to five overtimes, they keep scoring. I've seen games that go up to eight overtimes, and that's just boring. It's I mean, I guess you get a big rush of adrenaline, but it's not right for the NFL. They don't want to keep like just pounding the over, I guess, for betters and stuff like that. But uh, I think that it's not as terrible as it seems until the playoffs because teams that have won the coin toss and since they adopted this new rule have only won in 52% of the games, which is just over 50%. But in the playoffs, this is different because if you win the toss, there's a 90% chance of winning about because – 10 out of the 11 teams that have won the toss have gone into win, which is a big difference from 52% to 90%. All right. So, John Kim, another question. Who is the MVP of the NFL right now? Um. Well, as we know, Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. And, of course, it's based off the oh, NBA. Sorry. Oh, the NBA. Okay. You would have got me on a whole other rant. The MVP of the NBA, who should have been it last year, is Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid completely – you – listen, it's one thing to just see the highlights, right, and and see and hear about what's going on. But I, not only have I seen this guy live, I see this guy single-handedly dismantle the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks every night on live television. Because when you put the ball in his hands in the paint, He's in triple threat position. Pass, shoot, drive. The man will make the basket, fade away, standing up. He'll take it to the paint and destroy the guy who's guarding him. He'll pass and he'll get a wide open shooter who, you know, usually Tyreek Maxey or Seth Curry, who's no longer uh, with the Philadelphia 76ers. But Joel Embiid single-handedly destroys his opponents. He is so dominant. He's the most dominant and the best offensive center in the NFL. Excuse me, the NBA. 
Whereas you look at Nikola Jokic, what has he been able to accomplish, right? Joel Embiid was a shot away from making the Eastern Conference Finals in 2019 to play the Milwaukee Bucks, and he probably would have won. He had Jimmy Butler. He had a, the prime Ben Simmons, right? It's kind of fun to say vintage Ben Simmons, even though it was only a few years ago and he's so young. Um, he had J.J. Redick. He had um, Tobias Harris. He had such a good team. He probably would have beaten them. And then you would have matched up with the Golden State Warriors, right? Um, you know, he, he got swept by the Boston Celtics a few years ago. Uh, which I don't I don't understand that, but my point is that he's been so dominant in the NBA. To which I would say the people that are uh, you know kind of poised against him, one being Nikola Jokic. You know, I look at him and I say, what's he doing that Embiid isn't? He's slower. He, he, he's slower, right? I think he's less efficient. I don't see what his team has done. His team has done nothing. I just don't see what he's doing that Joel Embiid isn't. So I think he's completely off the table. I don't even think he's top three. If LeBron James is winning just a few more games, he would probably be in that MVP conversation. But unfortunately, the Lakers are very dysfunctional. Uh, even the Greek Freak's better than him. The Greek Freak, I mean, the Bucs are doing terrific. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, on, but they really don't have a superstar. So there's so many. DeMar DeRozan, I can give you a list a mile long about players that deserve to be on the MVP list instead of Nikola Jokic, yeah. who, to be honest, is not dominant at all and completely overrated. Without a doubt, I agree. 100% it's between Joel Embiid and Giannis. But as much as I love Giannis, Embiid does not has, have nearly as much star power. Well, until now when he has Tobias and uh, Harden, but... He also is carrying his team to their 34 and 22 right now. He's shooting 36% from three as a center, 11 rebounds, and leading the, leading the league in scoring with 30, almost 30 points. And his PR is ranked third, which is, I mean, all centers tend to be higher. But still, that's as much as I want to vie for Giannis to be the MVP, he's only averaging a one half more assists and had the same PR. So, and Embiid, of course, is on better shooting splits because Embiid can shoot. And the thing is, Jokic is not, he's just not anything compared to what Giannis and Embiid are because I think that the Nuggets are, what are they, 32 and 25? They're the sixth seed. Yeah. I guess he's doing all this without Murray and what Porter only played nine or ten games a season, but it's just not the same from dominating the East and just kind of this mediocre in the West because the East got a lot harder this year. All right, last question from the fans: John Kim again, is Andrew Wiggins overrated or underrated? Um, so people are going to, a lot of people are going to tell you overrated because he was an all-star starter. Uh, I think he's underrated with, with that being aside that he was an all-star starter. He's underrated. He's come back. He's redefined his career. He's playing a role that he can finally fit in. He's most certainly an all-star and I, I wasn't, I wouldn't argue against him. I think there's about tw- uh, 2000 other guys on that all-star list that should not be on that list. But the point is, is that he's underrated. His 2K rating, uh, you know, 2K ratings are are the stupidest thing that's ever been uh, faced on earth. You know, uh, R- Ronnie 2K is terrible, and his game sucks. But he's an 83 overall. He should be like an 87 or an 88. I he's most certainly game. an all-star. He's playing a role. What? I said I gave up on 2K. I hate that guy. Ah, two, 2K's terrible. They never change the game. It's all about the money. Ronnie 2K sucks at basketball. Watch him in the all-star uh, celebrity game. He sucks. That's disgusting. He, he, he wouldn't know basketball if they gave him a 20-page book on it. Okay, he's terrible. So, uh, you know, I think he's an all-star. Aside from the fact that he's an all-star starter, he's completely underrated. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging 18 a game. But besides that, he averages four rebounds and two assists. Come on, for a small forward, his numbers should be higher. But 
he's shooting 42% from three, 48 from the field. So, I mean, as much as I love Andrew Wiggins, he's not an all-star starter, I guess, because he's in the front court is the only reason why he's a starter. But I would say he's a good reserve. I don't know. I've always been an Andrew Wiggins fan. I've always been cheering for him because I feel like he got the short end of the stick, but I don't know. All right, let's move on to all this NBA trades. There's a lot of frenzy. 76ers get James Harden and Paul Millsap for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, 2022 first-round pick, and a 2027 first-round pick. This was a blockbuster. Who won this trade? The Philadelphia 76ers won this trade. The Philadelphia 76ers, and people say, oh, no, they didn't. The Brooklyn Nets did. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Seth Curry significantly regressed. Last year, he was doing terrific. And yeah, to, Dimitri, not, he had, not that I disagree with you, but he had like 23 last night in his debut. Okay. Well, we're talking consistency here, Elias. <laughs> he, he, he hasn't quite played the role he did last year. His defense is invisible. The player, the, the the best player that the Nets traded for, Ben Simmons, he himself is invisible. He's not, he's sitting sidelined, but he's too he he he's too mentally estranged um, from playing uh, the game of basketball. And I'm not here to judge people with issues, right? But you're getting paid millions of dollars to play in the NBA, so you got to figure it out. If it's seriously a problem with you. And I'm not being sarcastic anyway. Why don't you retire and step away from basketball? Because obviously this is like a kind of like a stressful thing to play basketball, right? You you have to basically like submit to the game and practice every day and be away from your family. It's difficult. It's not all for all people. But who knows if Ben Simmons will ever even play, right? Let's just throw that out there because it's always a possibility. It's a wild scenario, but it's always a possibility that you would not see maybe even for the rest of the year. So let's just say he never plays the rest of the – doesn't play at all this season. He'll come back with a 34-year-old Kevin Durant, right, a 32-year-old Kyrie Irving, part-time Kyrie Irving. I think I work more than he does. So, <laughs> right, and an, a completely so aging roster with zero defense. I don't see this team ever winning the championship. Look at the other side of it. You have James Harden, who is one of the best scorers in the NBA. One of the best scores, definitely a top ten player. You have him paired up with Joel Embiid, who's another scoring option. The scoring's there. Tyrese Maxson's there. Paul Millsap significantly regressed this year. You you saw it in his game, uh, but he's certainly a veteran presence. the The Sixers have built up their offense. They're, they they built up the starting lineup. Now the question is is where they move forward, uh, and I think a lot of that is in the waiver wire, which we'll get to later. Yeah. So what I will tell you is that the Philadelphia 76ers won this trade. Yeah, with that doubt, I am confident that Paul Millsap in that deal was just a filler because it was a, it would have been a three to one trade, and I think uh, Brooklyn had too many players, but. To be honest, 90% of the people that came up to me were like, oh, who won the street? Who won the street? They all said that. I think that both teams won. Think about it. Ben Simmons was never going to play from a Philadelphia perspective. Ben Simmons was never going to play for Philadelphia again. Never. He, he wouldn't take anything. Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, whatever. They're two starters. Well, Drummond's off the bench because Embiid, obviously, is the best center of the league. He's in front of him. Absolutely. And these two useless first-round picks, they're – 2021, they're going to be – it's going to be a bottom five of the first-round pick, uh, of the first round of the pick. And um, the 2027, who knows? That's in five years. Who cares about that? And I guess from a Philadelphia perspective, you're technically trading Harden for the two first-round picks and Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, which I guess is a no-brainer because Benson is never going to play again. I guess the longer you wait is – Valuable is draft like keep dropping, but from a Brooklyn perspective, they had two. They they only they, you only have one ball in the court for three superstars. Ben Simmons can defend Giannis, I would say, 
can probably defend Embiid. Maybe Embiid's a little too heavy for him, but I, I feel like he can be a body compared to whoever they uh, whoever else they had. I don't think Lamarcus Aldridge was able to body Embiid or anyone. He's he's too old. He's close to retirement home too. But don't be Lamarcus Aldridge. I love Lamarcus Aldridge. He, he already lost his starting spot to Drummond last night. So let me tell you something, Lamarcus Aldridge. He might not be an all-star anymore, but he's 36 years old. He's dropping 15 points a game on a team with two of the best scorers in the league. So Yeah, I think like I that. think that's only at home games when Durant's hurt and Kyrie is just not allowed to play because of the stupid vaccination. But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like both teams win because Harden, there's just too many. There's one ball in the court for three superstars. Apparently, Nash said that Durant and him wanted to have a nice offense and Harden just wanted iso ball, which just sounds like something exactly Harden would say. Harden wants the ball in his hands. He's just he's a ball-hungry guy. I mean, you can't blame him. What's he going to do? He's going to have to move off the ball. He's not like Curry or any of these other guys. Like I think Luka can move off the ball a little bit. But I don't know. It's just a win-win, I would say. Both teams got better. Yep. All right, this other trade. Mavericks get Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans for KP, Chris Asperzingis, and a 2022 second-round pick. What do you think of this? Wow, what an irrelevant trade. Every (laughs) single one of these players are jokes. Spencer Dinwiddie seems like a locker room cancer. Uh, Davis Bertans is so overpaid. And actually, he was good at one point, and that's why he earned the contract he did because I think people expected him to be kind of like a Marcus Morris, but he's just downright mediocre. Chris Stoutsworthing is the high and mighty. They said they told the they told New York Knicks fans a year after they trade, they said, oh, the Knicks lost the trade, the Knicks lost the trade. What trade? It's a joke. Chris Stoutsworthing just got traded for nobodies, for overpaid nobodies. Yeah. It, it what? It, yeah. He can let me tell you something. People say, "Oh, he averages so many points. Look at his field goal percentage." I say, he, "I play more NBA games in a season than he does." The guy is so hurt so much. So let him play his 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 38 games a season. I don't care. He's not good. He's just not that efficient. He's not an all-star. He's not as dominant as he was once was. So I think it's an irrelevant trade. I don't know which team won because who knows what the Wizards' direction is. They're not going to make the playoffs at this point. They're not making the playoffs. Come on. No Bradley Beal. Or to the point where, I mean, is Kyle Kuzma or Chris Hoffman is the best player on this team? So uh, the Wizards aren't making the playoffs. And if that's the Maverick sign of trying to push for the playoffs, I think Mark Cuban needs to hire a new GM because that, 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 that was a downright joke. There's no playoff push there. They're just going to sulk around in the second round until Lucas decides, or at least he wakes up and realizes, oh, maybe I should move teams. So, Look, what are the Mavericks doing? If anything, they should try and get Montrezl Howell or, or, Howell or something like that instead of Bertans. They have no big, big man now. They just release uh, Moses Brown, and they have an overload of ball-dominant guards. Spencer Dinwiddie, Luca, and Jalen Brunson. I, I don't know. What's what's Luke go not bring up the ball and just play small forward? No, he needs the ball in his hand. He's been going for forty lately. And then, what are the Wizards doing? They're get they, they just traded away Montrezl Harrell for Ish Smith, Vernon Carey, and a twenty twenty three second round pick from Boston. That's gonna be worthless. Vern, they're trading for Porzingis, and then getting a young guy in Vernon Carey to play center. And getting back Ish Smith, who they just let go in this past offseason. That's just both these teams are useless. They're not going anywhere in the playoffs, and they both suck. So I would say that they should just both tank and just say forget about it. And I guess let's just move on because they're two useless teams. There's no point spending time on them. Celtics get Derek White for Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, a 2021st round pick, top four protected. And a 2028 first round swap. The Celtics are riding a nine game win streak. What do you think about this trade? Um, 
So it's clear that Josh Richardson wasn't any use to the Celtics or the Sixers or any team, the Mavericks too, he's been on, or any team, right? He had like his last year in the Heat was his only good season. His only, and he, and for a good season, it was a damn good season. He did really good. But he hasn't shown anything besides like an eighth or ninth guy off the bench. He actually kind of sucks now. Uh, So dumping him was no problem. They weren't even playing him either. Derek White is a great bench piece, and he's going to provide a lot of nice offense, right? Uh, Moving Schroeder was an interesting uh, move. I guess there was some sort of like trade bait, but regardless, or just because, you know, he was available, let's just get him. But I guess for a replacement, it was a pretty pretty solid move. So I think adding that uh, depth off the bench is good. So I'd say the Celtics win the straight. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Derek White is a phenomenal defender. I don't know if he's capable for second team all defense, maybe potentially, but I feel like he can guard any point guard or, or small or actually shooting guard. Definitely not small forward. I think he's 6'4". He's a little too short for that. But Romeo Langford wasn't doing anything. Josh Richardson was hurt half the year. And this 2022 first-round pick, if you're trying to make a push for the playoffs, I would say this is a great trade. Forget about that stupid 2028 first-round swap. Um, and then another Celtics trade, Daniel Tice, back to the Celtics for Dennis Schroeder, Ennis Freedom, Bruno Fernando. This is just a stupid trade. Uh, yeah, uh, Daniel Tice is just – he's just Daniel Tice. He's just so mediocre. They clearly weren't using Ennis Freedom. Ennis Freedom is a waiver wire pickup. That's – let me tell you something. That's you tell Rob Polenka to wake up from his nap because LeBron's been playing GM too much. Uh, so you tell Rob Polenka to get off his ass and pick up Ennis Cantor and pick up now Goran Dragic and you got yourself a solid team. Cut DeAndre Jordan, right? Uh, cut he, Kent Bazemore too. Cut Kent Bazemore. I like Kent Bazemore, but I don't think he belongs on that roster. Yeah, no. Bring them some damn solid veterans. Um, it, it was a stupid trade, you know. Obviously, you know, freedom. How many t- how many more times is he going to play on the Celtics? How many more times is he going to play on the Trailblazers? I think he's just going to go in a cycle. He's going to say, hmm, what team should I play for this year? And he's just going to spin the wheel. So, you know, I-, I don't get what's going on with that guy. I think he's got better things to do than play basketball. I wouldn't be surprised if he retired and started fighting for the people's freedom uh, over there in China. But, no, nah, like, I'm being serious. He's actually you – know, he's fighting a good fight. He's trying to free uh, – the Ugar Muslims from the uh, CCP. Yeah, I agree. Which is an active problem. And uh, I think he's, got, I honestly think he's got better things to do than playing the NBA. But, you know, I just don't get what they're doing with Cantor because this is the, or Freedom because this is like the third time they've had him. So I think it was a bad move. I think they should have kept Freedom on the roster. Uh, yeah, he's all he's already been released by uh, the Rockets. I think it was about three minutes after the trade room. Uh, they, they have no use for him. They have, yeah, they got, they got, they got a line of they got, they have Wood and Sengun and Sengun right. like phenomenal. They have minutes so many guys in twenty and... minutes. Right. I don't know. Not to get into the Rockets, but I would have a hundred percent capitalized on Christian Wood's trade value because you have a a guy who's a first round pick who's been playing phenomenal, an overseas guy, a Porzingis two but does not look like he gets injured and he's a lot more shiftier. And you just let him play 18 minutes a night. That's just ridiculous. But yeah. next trade. Bucks get Serge Ibaka, uh, two second-round picks. And the Kings get Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles, uh, the second-round pick. And the Clippers get Rodney Hood, Semyo Hele, and the Pistons get Marvin Bagley. Big four-team trade. Yeah, no, it was a lot of guys, a lot of moving pieces. Uh, Semi Ojale, solid backup. Rodney Hood, solid backup. Um, Trey Lyle, solid backup. None of those guys make any noise on the team. Serge Ibaka is an elite kind of guy off the bench. Elite kind of guy. He makes the moves. He's a good offensive player. He's a solid. Um, he's a solid moving block down low on defense. And you want to talk about a guy with championship experience? That's the guy there. He was a key part of the Raptors' 2019 uh, championship, right? When you talk about that offense, which could 
I, I'm not. I think it's going to be important. I think this is very important from when Atatakumbo is not on the court because you have guys like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. So what the Raptors did in 2019 is you had you had four guys out, one guy in. You pass it to Serge Ibaka or Marcus Saul at the time in the middle, and you pass and you cut, and it was a moving circle around big guys like him. So when Atatakumbo is not in the court, and you had Drew Holiday and you have Chris Middleton out there, and you even have George Hill, and you have Wesley Matthews. You give it to the big guy like that, and you keep the ball moving. So he's going to be very important on offense and defense. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, you traded one defender for another in terms of the Bucks. Dante DiVincenzo, he hurt his arm for a while. He came back, just wasn't himself. I agree that training him was the best decision because he, he needed a little extension. I'm not sure he's gonna, how he's, how much he's going to get now that he's been hurt. But Serge Ibaka, like you said, was just great for the Raptors in that playoff run. He had experience from the Thunder when he was on the team with that back team with Durant, so he knows how to play around superstars, and he knows his role. Dante DiVincenzo at some point, he wanted to take too many shots, and that takes away from Middleton, Holiday, and Grayson Allen among the guards, obviously Giannis, but he just didn't fit in at this point because Grayson Allen came came in the building. They traded for him. I think it was like a second-round pick they gave them, and he's just been dominating, especially on defense. He's at he's at P.J. Tucker that the Bucks lost from last year. So Dante DiVincenzo off the bench just was useless. With Who knows when Brooke Lopez is coming back. Bobby Portis is a great offensive player. Their front court depth is elite now. I would say it's definitely top two or three in the league. Well put. And don't forget about Pistons. Marvin Bagley, now we can see what he got. Yep, Marvin Bagley is freed, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. The second pick in the 2018 NBA draft. Uh, You know, somebody who never lived up to expectations, but he wasn't given the opportunity. he He had no opportunity. You talk I, about. I think they second they made that pick. They're like, "Oh, we screwed up. Screw this guy. He's gonna stare a bench." Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about wasted talent between him and Buddy Heald. Oh. There's too much wasted talent to go around. These are guys who would have been great pieces on championship rosters, or in, you know, because Buddy Heald, you know, I think he knew his role, right? I mean, Buddy Heald could have been like a JJ Redick, and oh, for sure. I, I mean, don't. Buddy Hill's not even that old yet, so he has plenty nah, of time to groom. He, he's twenty-seven or twenty-eight, so he's got time. But Marvin Bagley could have been an all-star. And he he could have been something great. So could Josh Jackson, uh, who, if you recall, was picked by the Suns, yeah, around a lot of teams, could have been somebody too. You know. Oh, he so, did. He did. He did well last year for the Pistons. But all right, a kind of. Impactful move for the Suns. Tory they trade for Tory Craig for Jalen Smith in a twenty twenty two second. Yeah, uh so I mean the Suns have a very deep roster. Jalen Smith wasn't getting that many minutes. Jalen Smith is high on people's radar. Uh Tory Craig is a pretty good guard or forward, depending on what you get him. Uh I mean, I feel like the Suns have a lot of guards, especially in that sort of role. I, I don't know, you know, my opinion, I don't know how much that impacts him because it's not like Tory Craig's like a great six man, right? It's not like he's Jordan Clarkson or anything. I guess it adds more shooting. Uh but you know, I, I and you know you say impactful trade. I don't know how impactful it is. No, I would say impactful on, on the defensive end. I mean Compared to Jalen Smith, what was he doing? I mean, now he went for 17 and 12 rebounds on Sunday for the Pacers. I guess he's getting some nice playing time now, which I guess he deserves a new, a little new start. But I would say that Torrey Craig is something that they would need for a championship push. Someone to come off the bench and give him eight minutes and guard a player, for example, like a Drew Holiday or some or a Chris Middleton. He goes, come on, let's be real. Devin Booker's not the best defensive player, and we all know that. And I'm sure he knows that, too. He's terrible on defense. They need a guy off the bench instead of a, instead of a 6'10 guy that weighs only 215. Come on. 
my friends are six feet and they weigh two ten. <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's move on. Thaddeus Young, Drew Eubanks, who got released right away, a 2022 second round pick for Goran Dragic and a lottery protected 2022 first round pick. So Dragic will get bought out and probably sign with the Lakers. It was said that he's going to sign with the Mavericks 100% because he's always been inching his way there, but then they traded for Dinwiddie, and that makes no sense to have four starting caliber point guards on a roster. But I don't know. I would say that the Spurs get the the nice end of the stick because they got a lot of protected 22 first-round pick that will convey this year because the Raptors are going to make the playoffs. Um, Great move for the Raptors. Thad Young was a terrific uh, piece back in the day, whether it been uh, on the Nets. You know, he had his time on the Pacers, had his time on the Bulls. This Raptors move is great. The Raptors are inching their way back to to start on. And I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I I saw you know as a Knicks fan, it was a difficult reality because for years I was rooting for teams, other teams, and when the Knicks finally made the playoffs, it was a little bit of a shocking reality. But now that the Knicks are back to their own reality, you know, it's like, all right, what team am I gonna root for this year in the playoffs? You know, no Spurs, so I guess I'll probably go for the Raptors or the Sixers. Uh, so, but in all seriousness, you know, they're, they're moving their way to the one seed. Uh, they got a terrific team. When I saw them not do terrific last year, I thought, you know, Pascal Siakam, he, he, he's capped him all, himself, himself off. He was so one-dimensional last year, and, you, you know, you look at what he's done this year. He, he's just done terrific. Um, and it, it, it's a sin that he was an all-star over Jared Allen. Uh, you know, I think Adam Silver must have been held at gunpoint because that was just a terrible decision, in my opinion. So, you know, you got a great team. Fred Van Fleet, you know, people people have been saying, you know, he's Kyle Lowry 2.0, but they don't even realize how true that is because he's literally following the Kyle Lowry track, right? All-star, 28 years old, first all-star appearance at 28 years old. He'll probably be great till he's 35. He's such a great piece. People are saying he's such a – but he's not even a great piece because he's an all-star. He's a leader. they got a great dynamic duo there. I mean, they're just an all-around terrific team. So this is great for their depth, great veteran presence because they're sort of like a middle-aged team. But this is, you know, uh, this is a solid pickup. He's a pretty good shooter. He's a great uh, defender. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I just say it's a great move. Goran Dragic wasn't doing anything for them. Uh he was doing more for the Mavericks, believe it or not, than he was the Raptors because all he was doing was sitting at their goddamn games all season. I mean, what kind of loyalty is that? You know, he he, he didn't say anything after he got traded this offseason. Then he goes, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a Raptor. You know, he was holding all that bullshit, you know, the Raptor shirt and all that crap. Mm. Uh, and then, and then he, you see him at, at Mavericks games. And you're thinking, well, what the hell is he doing? So he, he, he's a mess in himself, but he was he wasn't doing anything for them except for money. They were just giving them paychecks to do nothing. So great A plus move. Yeah, I mean he was making nineteen million dollars a year for him to do. Eight nineteen million dollars a year to show up to another team's game. Yeah, that was just embarrassing. And the funny part is he even ended up signing with them anyways, or he probably won't, because the, the Mavericks screwed him over. And personally, I think that Goran Dragic can provide more than um, than uh, Spencer Dinwiddie can. In terms of if they just never do the trade, think about it. They gave the Wizards a second round pick. That must mean that they viewed Chris Asporzingis as like a like a terrible asset. They're probably just trying to get off his his salary off the books. I don't know what they're expecting. Luca, Luca signed his extension, right? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, I guess maybe if they're waiting for Kleba, Dwight Powell to get off the books, and they can. Just maybe buy out Dinwiddie eventually, re-sign Brunson, and I guess they'll have some cap to go after some players, but they're looking useless. Reggie Bullock, thank God the Knicks got rid of him. He would have been useless. And I guess turning to the Knicks, the Knicks did nothing. They're tanking with veterans on their team. I, I don't know what the hell they're doing. I heard rumors that they're going to buy out Kemba by the end of the week, which I would pray on my knees if they do. Come on. <laughs> What are you gonna do with Kemba, a thirty-year-old, a 
I don't even know how old he is, what, 32? He's useless. And Derrick Rose is great, of course. But why is he – like, what's he doing? They're going to – why do they have him on the roster if they're going to tank? I guess maybe to teach, what, Deuce how to play. And quickly he's not our future point guard. I would say give Deuce a chance to play, who's Miles McBride, and give Grimes. Grimes has been a phenomenal player. It looks like he should have been drafted top 10. He's 25th overall pick, which is fantastic moves by Leon Rose to trade back from uh, 19 and 21 to 25. And they use that pick that they gained in that trade to go after Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish has been playing great. I mean, maybe his defense will get better because we have a defensive coach who doesn't like young guys. But come on. You should have gotten rid of Norley's Noel. Gave some center minutes to Obi Top and see what he can do. I don't know. I, I just I don't know what's going inside their head. If the Knicks are gonna tank, get rid of Tom Tibbet though, and just forget about it. And the Lakers, honestly, as much as I want to say what the hell are you doing, they couldn't do anything. TSG was their only player that they could have traded for, unless they wanted some garbage minimum veterans, and they already have about ten of them. So I would say that. All they could do is just ride it out. I would have said, throw that stupid 2027 first-round pick. The Lakers are always going to be contending and get John Wall. I don't know how Russell Westbrook takes the ball and from mid-range where, I'm sorry, my Yaya could probably maybe hit one out of 100 shots. Russell Westbrook hits the top of the backboard. How do you do that? I think he's like trying to sell on purpose or something because like that's just not possible. He went from being a consistent mid-range shot where his mid-range, if he, if he's shooting mid-range, 60% I'd say was going in. And now he's hitting the top of the backboard and he's just completely useless. $44 million for that? Come on, that's embarrassing. Rob Palenka, I don't know. I guess LeBron, like they call him lead GM. I don't know. This Lakers suck. They're not doing anything. No. That's all for today. We'll see you guys next Wednesday. Uh, you know, we, we've been talking. We might have some uh, – may have some special guests come in. We'll see. Uh, you know, not not to necessarily say next week, but we're coming into spring training. Uh, might get on to some soccer stuff, but we'll see. We're excited to see an NFL free agency, the NFL draft in a couple months, and the, NFL, um, the NBA playoffs in April. Yeah. All right, we'll see you guys next Wednesday.